Okay, so we're recording a new episode of the Q Chat, and I have another New Orleans native, and this is Miss Erica Roberts from Two to Max Records. So Erica has like a lot of things going on, some very (laughs) positive things. She has books, she has a record label, she has a YouTube channel. So um, this episode, I just wanted to center on just sisters supporting sisters. So I want to give Erica a chance to introduce herself first. How are you doing today, Erica? I'm good. Thanks for having me a part of the chat today. Um, it's been um I'm so I'm so honored to support one of our, you know, each other, our sisterhood, because we need to support each other, um, no matter what we have going on. But I would like to start off. I'm Erica Robbers. I'm the CEO of Tudor Max Records. I'm the book author of The Journey. Um, I'm the podcast host of The Journey Back from Domestic Violence. I also have The Journey Love and Relationship. And I also have my new venture that I'm starting off. It's um, a movement. It's called Hashtag Give a Sister a Hug. I have that movement going on. And I also have a YouTube page with Hashtag Give a Sister a Hug. So I have a good bit going on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm also... Um, I'm also a caretaker. I have my mother that I take care of. Um, and I also have a full-time job. So I have a, a lot going on, which I kind of manage it all. But I don't know. I guess that's what makes me unique. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. And I'm a little crazy all in a mix of all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. So, oh, so I want to start off. Give me your background first. I know... Um, so what started first? Did the record label start first? Yeah. So this, oh. I started off. Um, I actually um had um my ex boyfriend. He was a he was actually a record um artist. He was an artist, mm-hmm. and he also had his record label. And okay. I started helping him manage his own record label. So he was like, "You need to branch off and do your own thing," you know. So I was like, you know, it's not that you rarely hear too many females that have their own record label. So I was like, okay, cool. A mm-hmm. lot of stuff as far as me learning about my about the record industry was I did a lot of research myself. And once into researching everything and going through just checking, I came across which my friend Yvonne, which she actually have her own record label. And now to this day, you know, you're here. We are business partners. So mm-hmm. we started off with the record label. I actually had an artist that was signed to my label and um things just went things just didn't go well because the artist wasn't the artist wasn't living up to his expectation, what he mm-hmm. needed to do. So I kinda like just veered off and just went on to helping my boyfriend with his stuff. So I kinda got him to where he needed to be. So I just kinda like I said, and as I said before, I have a full time job which I started more focusing on my full-time job. I kind of left the record label alone a little while. Mm-hmm. But Yvonne, Yvonne had always been like, come on, Erica, let's get this. Let's do this. And I'm like, I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to do, you know, music anymore because it just kind of discouraged me. And I, I could say that because it really did discourage me on for this being a female in an industry because it's just so much you have to go through. So I just kind of focus on my full-time job and being, you know, the housewife. Do you you feel like as a female that was breaking into the music industry, did you feel like you dealt with a lot of sexism? Like, did people treat you differently because you were a woman? 
yeah, I think the, that's I think that's what I dealt with with the oldest mm. because it was a lot of things that he, you know, kind of went backwards and forward with me. You know, it was never he believed because I guess because I was a female, but I always had my boyfriend. He always backed me up no mm-hmm. matter what. But so I was like, I'm just not going to do this. I don't want to do this. Like I want to, I was at a point where I was working my full-time job, which I've been on my job 14 years. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I wow. Wanna, I want to find my own little niche. I want to find Erica. Like, you know, Erica, uh, 14 years at the convention center as a builder maintenance coordinator, but mm-hmm. I want to find my niche on the outside. So fast forward, me and my ex, we broke up mm-hmm. and we went off and Yvonne, she just kept on. She was like, Erica, we need to find something. We need to find something to do. Like, I got to get you back into that, that groove because I really was moving. So, in 2018, December 2018, we finally came up with the, and actually I still have a radio, I actually have a Tudor Max radio, um, a radio station. Okay. And on, and on Tudor Max radio station is where I give indie artists, which independent artists that don't have, you know, get any promotion or anything. And I provide that for them. That's like a platform that they can promote their music on. So that's, that's nice. I start, right. I started off with that. So she was like, we just easing back into the music industry. And when I found myself back, I'm back doing music again. Yvonne got me back into doing music. <laughs> which, you know, and one thing about Yvonne, she have always motivated me. Like, you can do this, Erica. Don't give up. You know, the... The radio station wasn't bad because I'm not hands. I wasn't hands on. She was mm-hmm. like, "We're gonna do this as a partnership." That's where our partnership developed at with the um Tuna Max radio station. So time went on with that. So I started writing my book. So I kind of branched off as I'm working on a radio station, and we are building our business partner. I started working on my book, which is the journey. Okay, and, um, and the journey is your very first book, right? That's my very first book. That's my okay. first baby. That's my first baby, my first love. Uh, and at first, you know, the journey was like, I was like, I don't know how much I wanted to talk about because the journey is about Erica, her life. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I want to, I want to, I want the journey to be a book where I may have had all these setbacks, but I want somebody to learn from what I went through. So I'll just give you a bit of the journey started off. Um, I was at the age of six months. I was six months old when I was diagnosed with asthma. I was considered a chronic asthma patient. My mom and my dad would take me to the hospital. It'll be days we will, you know, the doctor would treat me. And by the time we get to the front of the hospital to leave out, my mom had to turn me back around because I was having an asthma attack. I had asthma really bad. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was times to where... I was hauling in school and it it was so bad. You know, I had asthma, like I was in and out of school and mm-hmm. at the in the fourth, fourth, fifth grade, I wasn't, I couldn't read. Mm-hmm. So it was that, it was that, that, there that wanted me to, at first I never talked about me not being able to read. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I want to, I want to tell people this story because I just never know who's out there now struggling with that reading problem. And mm-hmm. actually, I wrote the book, and then I'm my church member, her little granddaughter was in the fifth grade and couldn't read. So she, oh, showed wow. her my, she showed her my book, and she was like, 
Erica couldn't read SF in the fourth grade, and she wrote a book, and she was like, no, she didn't. When you can't read, you're a dummy. I was like, that's not true. Aww. And, you know, and that's the stigma that she had. But when mm-hmm. I was coming up, my mama had me. I was in a special ed class that helped me to read. And what happened was I was the good. I, it wasn't that I couldn't read. I just wasn't comprehending because right. the lack of oxygen to my brain. So I was kind of slow on picking up things. Yeah, I, I was in special ed. Mm-hmm. And... Which it didn't it didn't really hold me back. I just really never talked about it, even in school. You know, I was going to a tutor. I went I I had tutor all the way up until my twelfth grade year in school. And mm-hmm. it was just like I don't know, it was just like something just clicked, you know, it was like a, a, a click, a, a bell or something just clicked like, Erica, you gotta get this together. And my mama always would be like, My mama, and if you talk to my mama, I will tell you like my baby, I wouldn't have never thought my baby would be, you know, I never thought my baby would be doing these things. And even I went to college. Um, still, I still in college. When I started my first year at Delgado, I still had a tutor then. And what I did was I just went, I graduated. I had, I received my associates. I went on. I had a full-time job. And I received my bachelor's and in a mix of um, receiving my bachelor's, I had just had a full-time job. I just got a full-time job after Katrina and I was going to school online and my house caught a fire and my mama stopped walking. So, oh, wow. yes. And living in a hotel and the hotel manager actually will allow me to use her computer just so that I can finish. And I actually graduated living in a hotel, didn't have anywhere to live because my house caught a fire. I actually graduated with my bachelor's. I was mm-hmm. I was achieving things. And I was like, that's my baby. Like, you know, <laughs> she wasn't really expecting that. And mm-hmm. to all that, you know, I still didn't have any kids. I um just kept on because I always wanted to work to better myself. I just didn't want to stop because I already had a couple of strikes against me that, you know, people always looked at me different because I couldn't read and I couldn't do certain things. So I was always like, I'm going to prove to you that I can do this. And I right. actually, before I was working at the convention center, I had to got married um, right before I um, got my master's because actually I graduated with my master's before the age of 31. And mm-hmm. that was like a big accomplishment. I was like, okay, well, I did this already. I done graduated. I have my master's. And I mean, I did it. And right after my my father passed away. Mm. So it was like, you know, I, I was like, okay, I done achieved this. I got my house. I'm back in my house. My mama was up and running um, because she had surgery in between me doing all of this and trying to get it together. My dad died in 2010. So I'm like, dang, you know, I, I, I'm back at another hurdle. You know, I have had hurdles after hurdle, but I have always overcome them. You know, my daddy passed away. That kind of set me back because I went from a child that didn't have no responsibilities to a lot of responsibility. because who was going to take care of my mom because my brother was actually in jail. So mm-hmm. I, I had to pick up the ball because I didn't want my mama to go in no nursing home or the state take right. my mama. So I had a full-time job taking care of my mama. I did my daddy's funeral, made sure everything was straight. And we was actually got to a point where me and my mama had to level off. Everything, life is good. And I got back into my relationship with my with my boyfriend. I 
I was divorced 180 days after, but I was back in another relationship. So mm -hmm. everything, life was going good. And my mama started getting ill. Like my mama went into the hospital and um, we didn't know what was going on. My mama would have these spasms all over her body. She couldn't, oh, wow. she couldn't breathe. And I mean, when I say it looked like every month my mom was in the hospital, she was coming home with pick lines, but I never gave up on myself. I kept on, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get through this. You know, I still had my job. Like I said, I've been on my job 14 years and my job has been awesome backing me up as far as taking care of my mom. You know, in a mix of all that, you know, my mama got, we finally got my mama to a point where we found out my mama had something called lymphedema and you mm -hmm. will hear people with cancer have lymphedema in their arms, but my mama actually had the rare in her legs. So wow. we were able to get my mama on track. So I had been in a relationship for five years with this guy. So this, this new year's we had this argument, like, damn, he slammed me against the door. So, you know, mm -hmm. he choked me, you know, I was in, mm -hmm. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. This is not supposed to be happening to me, you know? And that's right. what I thought, like, my mama, I never seen my mama and my daddy doing that because my mama and daddy been together 30 years and my mm -hmm. uncle and auntie been together 50 years. But after that, you know, we got out of the relationship. Uh, we went, we tried to work things out, but one day I went mm -hmm. to, we tried to work things out after the domestic violence situation. And one day I went to work and he left. You know, didn't mm. didn't tell me nothing. He just packed his shit up and he was like, I'm out of here. And you know, you mm. go you deal with these, you know, things. So I'm like, okay, Erica, you gotta get this together because you done been through all this. You can't let none that stop you. So I started therapy, which I went mm -hmm. to therapist just to try to get over the situation with my dad, just to try to manage and not get over it because that's my dad. I'm always love my dad, but just to manage that I know I have to take care of my family. But right. going through that relationship and dealing with abandonment, you know, that's something that you have to deal with because I couldn't take that to my next relationship. So I had to deal with it and find my way through it all. And I went to therapy as of now, I'm, you know, I'm single, I'm kind of doing my own thing, but the journey is that's that's all in my book. And mm -hmm. I talk about all that because I wanted to show people no matter what you go through in life, you never give up on yourself because I could have easily gave up on myself a long time ago when right. I couldn't read. You know, like mm -hmm. I could have said, that's the end. I'm not doing this. I'm just going to have all these kids and I'm just mm -hmm. not going to care. But I, right. I got up and I said, I'm not going to give up. So the whole thing for the journey that I wanted people to know that never give up on yourself no matter what it is no matter how much you go through we all go through stuff in life but we have to just keep going and it's not always easy and I mean every time I, I, I may have got into these situations but I never gave up on myself and I'm now today I'm just constantly going I'm still taking care of my mom the journey was one thing that I put out and I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the feedback that people gave me. I was able to do things with the journey. And that's how I came with the journey love and relationship. And the journey love and relationship podcast is basically, you know, we talk about relationship. And right now on the journey of love and relationship, we basically I've been doing shows with 
you know, talk about Corona, you know, that's something mm-hmm. that we're dealing with right now. So I've right. been doing that. And then I had the journey of the journey back from domestic violence because I went through that. It may have not been right. biggest biggest some people situation, but that's mm-hmm. a that's that's a part of me. So that's something right. that I wanted to embrace and, you know, um even make a little TV show out of it too. So where, you know, I get people that have went through certain domestic violence, shutting story, even different organizations. So that's my main thing of just doing right now. And um with my new stuff with um hashtag give a sister a hug. And I, I came up with that because I know we all at home right now. And right. We, we 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 got this pandemic going on and some of us females we we wear a lot of hats in the we wear a lot of hats in our lives and we mm-hmm. have so much going on and i wanted to um have this atmosphere where i have i get a group of girls and we talk about things in which i have about three or four shows out there now on youtube where we get on that we talk about everything you know no matter what it is relationship we just talk about it just to try to get our minds off of this whole Corona COVID-19 kind of situation and just focus on us. You know, basically it's just girls that we may not can't physically give each other a hug, but we can be there to support. You know, we still have, right. we have women in positive energy. Right. And we have a lot of women that's in a domestic violence situation right now, which that's gone. That's high because they end with their abusers. So, you know, right. just put, just give this atmosphere where they can get away just for a moment. If it's nothing but an hour or two, just to get away from it because we need that time to get rid of some of that and not think about it because if you let this whole Corona stuff, it will take over you. And for me, myself, I just don't watch TV no more. I just don't even watch it because it's just so much. Right, it's negative. Right, and when you're watching it, it's just so much to where you just don't know what to go, and it's just like, all right, and I try not to, like, I want positive vibes. And don't get me wrong, by no means, um, I have have days when I'm down, you know, like, I have those days, and those days sometimes, like, I'm I'm tired, you know, I want to just give up because there's just so much going on. But I have right. to pick myself up because I don't want to have that negative energy, but just and that pity party with myself. Because we can sometimes, as females, we can have those pity parties because there's just so much we have to deal with and go through and try to make sure our families are good, make sure the people around us are good. It's just so many things that we have to deal with. So I have to pick myself up. And, you know, I might have a few people call me just to motivate me to keep going. And I want to be that person to motivate the next female. Like, we got to get this, sister. We got this. We're going to make it mm-hmm. through this. It may right. be it may be days we gonna we gonna have our down days, but hey, we gonna get through this. And that's why my book come in. My next book that I'm working on now is actually in the editing stage right now. It's called Sister, I Got Your Back. It's about two young girls. One girl she moved from um, New York to New Orleans, and she met this girl, and they became friends. And so is um is this a fiction book? Yeah, it's not it's not a real it was just came over oh, the, gotcha. um, off the top of my head, okay. yes. And um okay. it's just two girls and she moved from New York and she met a friend and she was in a domestic violence situation, but she had that sister 
to tell her I got your back, no matter what what mm. it is. And we need that. We need that sister because there's some girls who've gone through situations that need that sister to say, I got you, or just to give you that hug, to let you know I got you no matter what happens. And she went through it, and she actually passed away. The guy actually, you know, got time. And she, you know, mm -hmm. she was like, I, you know, and she was like, I told you, sister, I got you no matter what. So that's that was my theory, just to show that we need that sister. We need that one good friend that say, I got you no matter what's going on. So that's that's why everything that I do kind of circles off of my book and what I do, because we need that one girl to say, hey, I got you. You know, and we need right. that as females, we have to come together and have one another back, no matter what we're going through. And I feel like, I feel like we don't have that a lot. I feel like a lot of times women in general, when we should be supporting each other, it's like, don't get me wrong. I feel like a lot of us, if we search enough, like we will have like our own personal circles. But I feel like in general, it's like, it just seems like it's hard to just get support from women sometimes because it feels like everything's a competition or you can't talk to a person without feeling like you can't trust right. them you know so it is important to have more supportive things that's why I feel like you know when women like once we find that tribe of supportive people right. we get very territorial because unfortunately we don't have it it's hard connecting right and I just feel like it, it gets to be hard sometimes and it really shouldn't be that it's way good. what what so what motivated you like I know like you mentioned just you know from your mm -hmm. childhood and the things that you had to deal with you know just from your struggles with illiteracy things of that nature but you still overcame it so what do you feel was your motivation and also did you have like role models that really you know just pushed you to keep moving forward I know obviously yeah. your brother made a huge difference <laughs> in your life but did you have like any other you know, just outside people? Because, you know, mama's going to be mama. Did you have, like, other people that just saw something in you that just motivated you to keep I don't going? Know. I know. It was always my mama and um, mm -hmm. my daddy and my auntie. You know, my auntie Vicky was like, God rest her soul. You know, my auntie, like, mm -hmm. look, you can do this. Hell with anybody else. <laughs> you know, but my mama always, mm -hmm. like, my mom always told me that I can do anything. Like, no matter what you do, my mama have always been supportive. And don't get me wrong, we get into our, we have our little arguments as mama daughter. But, you know, she always, right. like, my mama and my auntie and, and my daddy. And I'm so glad that I come from a household with both parents. Because my, my daddy right. is always there. You know, um, I talk a lot about girls always need their daddies. Because... My daddy always gave me a hug and a kiss. Like, we did things together more than me and my mama. You know, me and my, me and my daddy, we would gang up on my mamas. You know, so, you know, <laughs> I had that relationship with my daddy. With my daddy. So, whereas I wasn't always, you know, somebody would tell me I'm cute. I didn't smile about it because mm -hmm. I heard that from my daddy all the time. And my mama was always supportive. So, I think it was more my daddy. My mom and my auntie was always there to have my back, no matter what, you know, no matter what the situation that we had, that I had going on. And it was like a big hurt. It was a big thing when I lost my auntie because she took care of all of us, you know, she took care of everybody. Right. But my mama always, my mom have always been my support, even though I get on her nerve a lot, you know, because <laughs> I'm very bossy. I'm that person like 
this is what we got to do and this is what's going to happen. <laughs> right, so right. Bust bust that, that was my support team. And I wasn't the type of girl to really like, and this goes back to what you were saying about females having each other back. I'm the type of person, I really never had too many girlfriends because I was always on that thing, you know, it was always like the whole trust thing, you know, as far as you being my friend, whether you my friend for good or you just my friend for a reason. So it was always for me as having girlfriends been a whole trust thing because my best friend is a guy. We went we went from we went mm-hmm. from elementary school all the way to high school and now we still talk. So I never really had that wow. girlfriend because I was always like, you know, you seen girls you know, supposed to be friends, but they fighting one another. And I right, was like, right. I don't want that. Even now, up, I'm older now, even with, I'm very territorial about even letting girls in my my circle because I'm scared of how you will treat me. And, you know, like you said, you're supposed to have that trust and we're supposed to be supporting, but you get to the point where some people like, are you supporting me because you need what I have? Are you supporting me for mm-hmm. because you are a real friend? And we sh- right, and, right. And we shouldn't have that. We should be supporting because at the end of the day, you're a podcast host and I'm a podcast host, but we talk about different things, but why we should come together no matter what. We we still have right. still enough of talk and enough of topics for us to make this happen, you know. So it shouldn't mm-hmm, be that right. whole competition thing with us females. And that's what I have been burnt like that. Just recently, you know, a girl, mm-hmm. you know, um, she I was doing this thing of letting females just making this new friend. And she only like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you ask me, you need something from me and you need help, I'm willing to help you because somebody asked me, help me to get to where right. I'm at. And it was like she mm-hmm. she befriended me to be my friend. And when she got what she needed from me, like she deleted me. She blocked me from her Instagram. Wow. Like she did the most. And I was like, well, damn, sis, you ain't have to do that. Because it really, it really right. wasn't that serious. But now as I'm older, me and Yvonne, we are business partners. And we are friends. And the, the crazy part is we live in two different states. She lives she live in mm-hmm. Texas and I live in New Orleans here. So we our friendship is have grown a lot. Like come to find out our mama's birthday is the same day. Like we we mm-hmm. can get on the phone and we have conversations all the time. And now since Corona hit, we both home. So now we get to talk more. But we work well as business partners. Like I'm that I'm that partner that like to do things and whereas she's the quiet partner and just like the you know be stutter I'm that that partner that so we kind of balance each other out but we make the job we make mm-hmm. the job work do you find that you have to like do certain things to make sure y'all separate you know business from friendship so that like you know business sometimes you may have differences right. or whatnot do you find that you have to have certain boundaries so that business doesn't affect the friendship and vice versa right i do you we do but but we have to Mm -hmm. agree to disagree and that's how we work we agree agree to disagree because actually our friendship was before our bit before we started business partner but being business partner but we agree to disagree and we go to sleep and we think about it 
and we come back the next day and we we make it happen and now it's just like it's scary because if she might email me something and I might say oh yeah you was I was thinking about this and she was like well girl I was thinking about that too so it's kind of scary because we kind of know what each other be thinking about when it comes down to as far as us doing business move and she she have taught me a lot and some things that I didn't know about the business I have learned from her so we kind of help each other out and make we just make it work we do it and make it work not something she come up with theory I don't agree with but I was like okay let's try that because I'm a type of person I, I want to try different things because I just never know what's gonna happen you know so she took mm. the journey and um the book the journey she took that in just launched it out there we got a production company to do a movie with the journey but everything had to come a whole with with the virus pandemic happened. So yeah. it was just like, you know, I was like, what? We could do that? She was like, yeah, we could do that. We gonna do that. And I was like, okay, then well, we gonna do that. <laughs> you know, but it, right. it, yeah, we have to set boundaries, but then you have to be like, it comes to the point where we agree to disagree and we make it happen. Do you, and I know like, I don't know if you watch the show Insecure, but for people that watch it, the main thing going on on the show is showing how these two friends that have been friends for the longest, their friendship is pretty much disintegrating. Like everything is going wrong in the friendship. So that's been like a big topic of debate now. People just saying, you know, do they have friends like this who really truly aren't supportive? Things like that. So how do you, what's your suggestion on just so that's been a huge debate on when should you leave a friendship and when should you keep it so what are your suggestions on just basically salvaging a friendship staying friends because I think a lot of times especially when you get Mm -hmm. older I think sometimes we underestimate how important it is to have a friend just like you mentioned I mean it is important to support each other as women and I just feel like the older you get, like, I was even telling my daughter, she's 16, and, like, she'll tell me little mm-hmm. things about, you know, some of the friends she's not friends with anymore. And I told her, I'm like, hell, at 43, <laughs> you know, I still see the same exactly. things going on, unfortunately. You know, with women in general, I just was telling her, to me personally, I feel like it doesn't change. That's why, like, when I do meet genuine people, sometimes I look at it like it's, like, a brand new toy. It's like, wow, like, is this shit right. really real? Because I just feel like sometimes, oh, you know, you know how it is. Like, you just yeah. meet people, and unfortunately, you have to be like, oh, God, I wonder if she, you know, if she's serious. I wonder if she's genuine. Or I wonder if she's just secretly jealous. It's like, it's just ridiculous, some of the stuff that you have it to is. think of it's as crazy. women. It just doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. So, what are your suggestions on best, basically, sure. like, and I guess the best thing is, let's say new mm-hmm. friends, right? How do you know, like, what's the guidelines, I guess, and just how can you feel, like, whether a person is being really genuine, if it's worth pursuing a friendship? Because I feel like people still make friends every single day, uh-huh. you know, it even does. as adults. Like, just meeting friends mm-hmm. doesn't change, you know, and that's something that they teach children, you know, when they're in preschool, the importance of friendship. Right. You know, so it's still important as adults. So it's like, what are your thoughts on just adult friendships, you know, salvaging friendships that you've had since you were young and also making new friends? Is it possible for women to meet new friends and really garner a friendship? Because sometimes we think, oh, I've been friends with so-and-so All these years. since mm-hmm. elementary school. Right. And sometimes just like the, the show with Insecure is showing, sometimes that kind of doesn't matter. So, 
what's your thoughts? Do you think it's possible to like meet new genuine friends as you get older, or is that just something that oh, if you didn't know them from high school, like elementary school, it's not possible? Like, do you think it's possible to meet friends in adulthood, and it's you know can be like really true friendships? I I mean, me, I'm open to anything. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. as adults, you, I mean, we still can be friends. But for me, as far as being a friend with a girl, it takes a lot. Like, I I mean, I really, um, we really have to kind of, I have to talk. For me, it's like about talking. And all the time, I don't talk a lot. I just Mm -hmm. sit back and and look at how you move. Now, if you do something that right. I'm like, I got a, my eyebrows start going up, I'm like, hold on. <laughs> right. I think it's right. about being open, being open-minded mm-hmm. to making a new friend. And I think it's about right. just um put, you know, you don't want to have that guard up too high, but just um giving, giving a little trust. I'm going to give you enough of trust. I'm going to give you enough of rope to hang yourself. But if you show me, mm, if you show me right. something else, you know, and I got to cut you off, you know, I'm, I, and for right. me, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of guarded about letting everybody in my little world, especially, especially mm-hmm. other girls, because I don't want to have to be sitting down thinking about, well, damn, is she my friend for real? Or, you know, like, right. it's just, it's just I don't know that is it's hard. I think you just have to be open to meeting. I think you just mm-hmm. have to be open to meeting new people, you know, because you just never right. know. Uh, you just don't know. You just don't know these days because you don't know. It's so many fake friends, you know. You really don't know, right? And I'm like you, you know. When I do find somebody that's really large, I'm like, oh, I like you. <laughs> Right, but it's like unfortunately, I get to the point where I'm kind of shocked. I'm like, oh wow, because you, know, you know, I mean, I think we all go through mm-hmm. highs and lows just with meeting people in general. And I'm also like you, like I have like a lot of male platonic right. friends. Like I have like a ton of like just guys that I'm just 100 cool with, 100 platonic, and I feel like I right. can talk to them mm-hmm. about anything. Right, and that makes and that turns uh, like my best friend. Um, <laughs> me and Sam went from high school. We went from we went from elementary school all the way to high school. Our mamas played bingo together. Our mom, like it, just, <laughs> it was easy. We just we just became friends, and we still friends to this day. You know, he'll call me, and right. um, we won't talk every day, but he always, you know, he'll call me and be like, "Congratulations! I see you making that move." You know, I'm happy for y'all. Even when he come to the city, because he live in Atlanta. And we talk, mm-hmm. and he was like, girl, you didn't find the girlfriend yet? Nope. You know, like, no. Like, I, right, uh, right. I just, um, sometimes it's like you get pooped out. And that's just the, that's just right. the whole honesty about it. When you go through people and you just don't find that's like, okay, whatever. I'm not doing this no more. You right. know, like, yeah, you get jaded. You really mm-hmm. get jaded because sometimes. There's people out there in the world, they have a motive. Right, and why? It's like everything they do has a motive. It has an underlying cause. And I also feel like there's a meme floating around, too, saying, um, which I need to find it in my phone. It's basically saying, like, if you have, like, a given spirit, um, just to be cautious because 
it attracts right the wrong does. people and it right can it drain does. you. Oh, I got it right here. It says you attract damaged people when you have a healing spirit. Be careful with that because darkness is drawn to your light and everybody don't want the healing. And I know mm-hmm. me personally, I'm that type of person. I feel like if you're my friend, you're my friend. I'm a ride or die. But unfortunately, some people, they're not going to ride with you. You know, like They're not going to even go to the bus stop. <laughs> they ain't going to the phone before It drains you. you. Mm-hmm. Right. So like when you come across those type of people, I know me personally, it, it, it drains does. you. You know, and um, it just gets to the point where it's just like, because even like I know people in my family, they have like this saying like, um, never met a stranger. And I'm like the same way. I'm the type of person if you start talking to me in like the waiting room, by the time you're done, you probably know like my entire life. Because like I don't, you know, because I, I just, I'm, you know, I, I'm welcoming to people in general, but it just, I think it hurts extra when you do right, have that type does. of spirit especially, that attracts the people. That, um, that whole niceness and that whole loyalty thing. And sometimes you have to find a way to just kind of give people just a little of you and not so much because mm-hmm. when people know a right. whole lot about you, then they, you know, they call they start plotting and then and then it becomes this whole thing. And you go to thinking and like, damn, is she for real? You know, like you. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just who we are. You know, like it's mm-hmm. just I don't know. It's just. It's just hard. It's kind of hard. And I guess it's just, I guess you got to weigh it on, base it out on a situation. Because like that girl, like that person I was telling you about, um, just talking about, you know, she made me feel comfortable. Like, oh, yeah, we could do this and we could do that. And I'm like, okay, then. And we would talk and then that that little situation happened. And then I'm, I'm back in my shell to where I don't want to talk to no more. I don't want to meet no more friends. And it just like right, and that's yeah, what it, it does. It, really, it takes a lot out you, but I mean, long term friendships. I don't know. That's kind of hard, and especially when you um been with somebody, I guess, a long time, and you really and you really mm-hmm. start finding out their true colors of that they're not right. Who they thought you thought they was for thirteen years. Because some people, mm. it does. It hurts. It, it's kind of hurt. It's just like a relationship. When you've been in a relationship for 13 it years, it's kind of hard to give, it's kind of hard to kind of disconnect yourself from that person. And it takes a while. But I mean, as far as friendships, you know, I mean, I often question, do you really have people that want to have real genuine friendships? That's a, that's right, a question that right. I often ask, you know, do you really do, are there really women out here that really have a genuine, want to have a genuine friendship with you or everything is just mm-hmm. uh, um everything is just... are they trying to suck something right and you? i mean for me i'm like this um i'm like i'm like this if i have knowledge and i have something that i can help you with i'm gonna help you out but don't 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 be so sneaky about it so the question right. is you know the bigger question is about friendship and especially with other females do they have, do you really have genuine females out there that genuinely want to be a friend? I just had this conversation <laughs> with a guy, right. of course, like I said, because I tend to, I just seem like I could talk on a different level than men, right. I, ironically. So, like, a, a male friend I was talking to today, actually, and um, we he's a podcaster, too, and we were just talking about the podcast uh-huh. in general, um, 
And I was just mentioning how, like, you know, I know some people who are my friends, air quotes, but they do they necessarily support, you know, my podcast and all that stuff? And I would have to say no. So I was mentioning that to him and he was just like, you know, and I said, I wonder who are the biggest haters, men or women. And we'll see, that's what I think personally, because just like you said, (laughs) I feel Nick, like you know, even in, even you know. with um besides business wise, men men mm-hmm. tend to stick together, period. Right. I just don't see men like hanging. Like I said, any man that listens when I do publish it, hey, definitely you can inbox me, whatever, if you like, well, you got a, a story that you know, but I don't see men like hanging and looking at oh well, this dude got on right. this pair of pants and I really like it. But women, I feel like, you know, and I'm, and I'm not saying all of them. They got some women that could care less. I, like me personally, I don't like, I don't check other women. I don't sit there and notice, oh, well, she got on, but I could care less. Okay, but I've on the flip side, I've had experiences with other women where they too busy noticing, well, what you got on, uh, if your hair looks better than them, Mm -hmm. or just just something crazy, like stuff that I feel like a a person that is comfortable with themselves is really not going to think about. So I just seem like that's a women thing. You know, like they got women that will just just not like you just because they don't like you. They don't like how you look. They don't like how you carry yourself. Right, they don't don't know nothing about you but what they see. And there's enough for them to dislike. I mean, get to open the book and read the book before you dislike a person. Especially right. Females. And I think that's something mm-hmm. that women do more than anybody. Like, well, you know, the negative ones, they'll just find a reason to dislike you, you know? And I just think it's really sad. And I think that's why on the flip side, good people, they right. have their guard mm-hmm. up because it's like, okay, I don't know what category you fall into. Are you like a right. you- type of person? Are you the person where you're going to check everything I'm doing, you know, or you're going to judge stuff, you know, like, you're not sure what category they fall into. You just don't so know. just rounding out, like, I know, um, exactly. So I know, like, your newest platform you mentioned, you know, is the hashtag give a sister a hug, and you're also diving out into the YouTube channel. So what is your main focus? Like, what do you hope people can take away from it like women I know you were saying like you want it to be like a support network especially you know now unfortunately a lot of people they are quarantining as we should always always be doing you know I mean obviously it's slightly confusing how it's like okay the stay-at-home order is lifted but you're supposed to right (laughs) yeah it's extremely confusing but you know in general all of us are spending more time inside and as you mentioned you know so many different levels mm-hmm. to that of course um a lot of people don't realize you know but domestic violence numbers are actually spiking because imagine i have peace in my household but imagine you know the woman with that's the, in the household yes. with an abuser who's normally at work you know but right she's and she with uh, she's man. normally at side, work uh, going out with the kids right now she's she stuck with him with this fool like <laughs> that's correct right uh, on the flip side uh, let's say for example a single woman who and not everybody's happy being single let's say it's a single woman who deals with loneliness or the next woman who she right. may deal with anxiety. depression or anxiety mm-hmm. and she's stuck in her home so what what is the main thing that you would like let's say it's one of those women 
what would you like them to take away from? Or let's say it's another one. I'll throw another woman out there. One who she really does have a good network of friends. But this quarantine is affecting a lot it of is. people mentally. So let's say it's the other woman who she really does have a good network of friends. And she was accustomed to seeing those friends all the time. And she may be having a hard time. Because sometimes this texting your friend or talking to him is not enough now. Because it's like you really can't. We can't do what we normally do. So what would you want, let's say one of those women, you know, they go to your YouTube channel, they go to your Instagram page, or they pick up one of your books, you know, with your movement on give a sister a hug or just being, you know, trying to put out that support. What would you want one of those women to take away, you know, from your message of, Uh you know, giving a sister a hug and being supportive? What would you want them to take away from your platform? I I would like them to take away that... You can get through this. You can you can make mm-hmm. it. Like um, it's it's support out there. It's somebody else. It's it's another strong sister that you can lean on. Like I want them to know, no matter mm-hmm. we in here, we inside. It's just temporary, but we inside, and we have to. The takeaway is that you're not alone. We gonna get through this, and it's another sister out there that's thinking about you. Because everybody mm. don't have that strong person. So I want this to be a thing of just knowing that you're not alone. Like, it's somebody out there that, that care about you, that love you, because everybody don't have the love. So I want it to be, I want it to they be don't. like that love that you get from another sister that you don't even know. So just to mm-hmm. pick up, or, you know, we may be having a conversation and I always try to make the end of it have somebody that's in the group on that particular night to give something positive, you know, like let them know that we here and we not right. thinking about you and it's love. We love you too. You know, you're not in this alone. Just to let them know they're not alone because we all inside. <laughs> you know, like we all in in a no judgment right. free zone because I think that's another thing that people mm-hmm. need. Right. Because, like, for example, me and you were supposed to have recorded this a long time ago. But one time I messaged you, I was like, my anxiety is through the roof. (laughs) I'm just like, I can't do it. Like, I literally could not mentally Mm -hmm. record anything. Like, I just was like, I mean, I was transparent. Like, my anxiety is extremely bad. And it had gotten, like, when I say it got really, really bad when this whole quarantine had first started. Like, I would stay awake till, like, four in the morning. I was afraid Mm -hmm. to go to sleep. Because just like you, I have mm-hmm. asthma too. But the only difference is my asthma, strangely, did not start until I was an adult. So once, you know, everything came out, I was like, okay, you know, you need to stay inside. Um, This virus right. attacks and your respiratory system. You know. It scared me to death. And I was just, I literally was afraid to go to sleep because I was already having issues with my right. breathing. Before this virus came out, I had just got put on my second inhaler and and meds and I was just like what you know and they was like oh it attacks the respiratory system I'm like, it attacks what <laughs> I was just like yeah I was like oh, I, I already know can't why. you know yeah, so you I was afraid funny. to go to sleep because I kept thinking I was going to wake up I just was so scared to go to sleep because I kept thinking oh my god I have it because I had been in New Orleans you know what I mean I live outside New Orleans but I had been in New Orleans Me during too. Mardi Gras so I was like oh my god I, I caught it I'm like I exposed myself you know, then they were like, you know, it takes a few weeks before you have the symptoms. You couldn't have told me I didn't have it. I just was like, my was, mind was so jacked up. And I was, was worried so about my parents. About that was when 
all this started in March. I had just had an asthma attack. So I was like, wait mm. a minute, what? I was freaking out too because when they say it, okay, right. asthma people, I was like, oh my God. What? It's the scariest thing in and the world to do that. that you know, head, you... I started thinking about because I take care of my mom. So I'm like, dang, if I mm-hmm. get this virus, I'm going to pass this on to my mama. What's going to happen to my mama? And right. my mama already have this mm-hmm. condition that it hits her immune system and it'll get through her, her bloodstream and kill her. Like, girl, all kind of all kind of right. things through my head, but you know what? I had to calm myself down because I was like, if I'm going right. crazy, I can't think straight. You know, like if I'm freaking out, right. I actually had a maybe about three weeks ago, I had a panic attack. I'm like, I just start crying and mm-hmm. I, I suffer with panic attacks. And normally it's like when I'm in strange right. places, but I literally was in my bed crying and sweating, and I'm like, what is going on? So, Right, because I mean, this thing has really messed with people's anxiety. Yes. I mean, I had moments where, like, I was messaging one of my friends. I was just like, my anxiety is bad. I said, I feel like anything with the drop of a dime is gonna drive mm-hmm. me into tears. Like, I just felt it, felt extra emotional. Then, you know, as I mentioned in previous episodes, my anxiety was already bad, and then I was just stressed out about my parents because they're elderly. And then, boom, a week later, they both had the virus, and I'm just like, um, I can't like, even be near them because I'm just like, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm like, I can't catch it because I'm like, I'm a single mother, and then I already have asthma, so it was. And then you start hearing people on a ventilating machine, and I'm like, oh, are you serious? Yes scariest yes. thing in the world you know because like i said when you have asthma your lungs are already <laughs> they locked down <laughs> yes so here in ventilators and i was like oh no i was like i can't i'm like i but can't you know, I thought about nobody it because i stopped breathing on my mama twice so i stopped breathing on mm-hmm. my mama twice and i'm like oh my world like this 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 it was it was gone everything was gone in my head but you know, I gotta, I, I right. gotta, um, I try to compose myself because I try not to let my craziness because I could go, I could get crazy, especially when I start thinking about, I'm, I could get sick, I have asthma, I could get sick, and it could go crazy. So it'll scare my mama. And then she'd be like, "Well, what's gonna happen to me?" Mm. And you know, you gotta kind of get that under control. But it's not easy for everyone. Right. That's just like just. A, just recently, it's not. I did a, a podcast show on PTSD, and we all mm-hmm, had mm-hmm. this, and I didn't know it was a lot of things that I learned, so I was like, well, I'm going to educate myself, so I'll educate everybody else, and during the natural disasters, you can, people, we experience PTSD, that's anxiety, that's right. anxiety, you know, you could be delirious, you can do everything, you can have all this, and I was like, damn, we all may be experiencing PTSD, even down the kids, even down oh, the yeah. kids, wetting in their Definitely. beds and stuff, just reliving that whole disaster, so we all, like, it was just like, it's crazy, this have really took, um, this have really took us to a whole new level, but it has and that's why i back Mm -hmm. to just your whole platform that's why it is important to have a base where you can talk to people and and i'm talking true friendship right it's no judgment you should be able to go in a zone and say hey 
I'm having anxiety or, hey, I can't sleep or just whatever it is, be able to have that virtual hug, you know, that hug of support, that mental hug. I'm there, you know, just a that place is, you you tell us how we feel, we're going to deal with it, we're going to laugh about it, and guess what? We all going to be supportive of what's going on, you know, and and that's basically what it is until we able to get together, really, so we to that point where you know we may have to still use our masks, but it's just temporary. So we gonna get through all this, right. but that's just the whole thing of hashtag give us a hug to let them know that you are not alone in this. We here together, and we gonna get through this together. And it's still love, like just have that right. strong system, you know. And we need that. You, the, we we have to we have to take care of our strong sister because just because she's strong, guess what? She's still having her moments. Right, exactly. It's like Adrena. She calls me, and um, she'll just pick up the phone. Hey, girl, what you doing? And I'm, I'm like, girl, mm-hmm. I'm having a crazy, a crazy moment. You know, because <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I try. I'm that person that I try to be there for everybody. But when I'm having my moments, I don't want. I don't. Um, I shut everybody out because I want to deal with. I want to. Right. I want to deal with it. And like she tell me all the time, it's okay. You you could have that moment. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay for you to express it. You don't right. have to always bottle it in because sometimes I bottle my situation up and I'm in my room and just having that moment to myself because for me I like to be alone because I wanna figure this out in my head. Like I, I pray, I meditate a lot at night, you know. Um I might I gotta go to bed, I might be laying in the bed just Listening to music. Music is my outlet. I love to listen to music. So music is the way that mm-hmm. um, I deal with things. I might go in my room and my mom be like, you're acting funny. No, it's just sometimes I have stuff on my mind to where I need to deal with it and meditate and let it go. You know, I pray. That's my that's my main thing. Like, right. I'm like, God, I don't know what's going on and I don't know but I need some help right now you know like that's the way that's why right like I have my moments I I really do I, I can smile all day but I have my days to where I have my moments and when I have my moments I have to, I need to be quiet you know I need to feel it but you know I might still right right different people call me pick up the phone and be like you okay what you doing girl you know just to make me laugh but Mm-hmm. and it, it means do. something it means more than people realize so what what are your lasting words that you want to say um before we end it for anyone you know that listens you know just about what message would you like for people to take away from especially women you know that tune in like what's the main message you would um, like them to take my away main thing is to never give up on yourself that's my that's my main thing you know Never give up on yourself because you can do more than you think. But just no matter what it is, never give up on yourself. Not at all. I mean, no matter what Mm -hmm. it is, don't give up. Don't throw the towel in because you never know who's looking at you. And I have that thing to where sometimes I have to put myself in check because 
I have little people that look at that look at me. So I can't give up on myself because if I give up on Erica, that means I'm giving up on that whole little domino effect of people that's behind me. So the my thing is mm-hmm. never give up on yourself and just know that you're not alone in your situation. Wow. That's beautiful. And you you're right. I mean, that's the biggest thing to never give up on yourself. So give everybody that's listening, how can they contact you? Give everyone your information, your Instagram handles, if you're on Facebook, YouTube, everything. So give out all, you know, the ways people can reach. Oh, well, um, I'm Erica. You can, I'm on IG and Facebook at Two the Max Records. That's the number two, D-A-M-A-X Records. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Erica Roberts and my Twitter page is to the max records. Everything is to the max records. And you can also catch me on YouTube. Hashtag give a sister a hug and just be on the lookout for, um, sister, I got your back coming out really soon. And also you can go to Amazon and purchase the journey by Erica Roberts and check out my podcast, the journey back from domestic violence and the journey of love and relationship thank you thank you so much i really appreciate you being a part of the show it's been long overdue um anybody that listens to just like erica mentioned just never give up and as i always in every show as everyone that listens know what i'm gonna say go love yourself that is every single person that's been on the show i feel like everything ties back also in the self-love if you love yourself, you know that you're worthy enough so that you will never even think giving up is even an option. So <laughs> always love yourself. Always know that you're invaluable and whatever you have in your heart that you want to achieve, all you have to do is look right in the mirror if you want to know where to start because you have the tools to be whatever you want to be and you can overcome anything just like Erica. She's a true example. So just make sure you guys love yourself. And once you love yourself, you would know giving up is never an option. Thank you so much, Erica. I really appreciate it. No problem. Um, Thanks for having me. And you can reach out anytime. I'll be glad to be a guest.